Fisher apparently has a problem with playing 17 games in an NFL season. And I've got a problem with his having that problem. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates. Juju was on the Adam Schefter podcast yesterday for ESPN and asked a bunch of different questions. He gave some interesting answers along the way, but nothing really jumped out quite as much as his complaint about the regular season growing by a game. And Juju, the schedule's coming out this week. It's going to be 17 games. How do you feel about playing that extra game this year? I'm not really a fan of it. Because? It's tough. I mean, one, I mean, I'm, I'm young. I guess like I'm, I'm, well, I'm 24 years old, but still adding another game is, you know, it, it puts a toll on your body. And, you know, you, you, you're talking about a great game. I think, I think, I think, I don't, I don't, I think our last game might be either Seattle, but it's still like, it, these are games, like it takes a toll on your body. And I can't even imagine like, you know, Hey, I want to play for for 10 to 12 years, but instead, Hey, now I'm playing for eight years because you know, there's an extra game on the line and it comes down to the point where like in order for it to, in order for us to make the playoffs, like we don't have to have our starters play throughout the whole season. And I just thought man, it was tough for us to get through 17 games. Now, let alone 18, it's going to be, it's going to be. I don't have a problem with his speaking his mind. I tend not to have problems with people who do that in any walk of life. However, one always has to consider the pluses and the minuses to doing so as it relates to the team. And where the Steelers are concerned, we're talking about years now of having grossly underachieved, fading, collapsing really when you get to what happened in 2020 as the season wound down to a close. And there has to be, I believe, a uniform message implemented not only by the head coach, but also by the team's leadership, meaning not Juju, that there isn't going to be any kind of complaining or bringing up about how long and miserable this schedule is and how one extra week is going to shorten somebody's career by four years, as Juju said, uh, that he expected to be in for 12 years and now he's going to be in for eight years because of one extra game. This has to be stamped out in the in the most emphatic way possible. I'll say it again. As soon as you mentioned, by the way, Juju's name, like it's just a, an instant radioactive reaction from some. Oh, you're pro-Juju. Oh, you're anti-Juju. I'm not either of those things. I'm talking about this specific stance, and I'd be saying the same thing right now if it was the long snapper because you can't have it you can't have it 
Mike Tomlin's not going to stand for it. I, I can tell you that unequivocally. I, I wish Tomlin was for once available after the schedule release. Now, granted, this would be a very short and to-the-point press conference, but at least you'd have it on the record that we do not care who it is that we play, how tough the schedule is down the stretch, or any of that other stuff, or the extra game. And you'd also have him addressing this, this idea of dreading attrition, of dreading injuries. This is not, this is not the way you talk in a successful locker room. That's not coming from me. Trust me on that. I've spent a lot of my years in these places, and I know how they talk. And they, meaning most football players, particularly the veterans, want nothing to do with this sort of thing. Cam Hayward and Joe Hayden both put out really strongly worded tweets about not complaining about the schedule. Now, they were referencing the caliber of the opponents, but I also didn't see them pop up after the fact and say, hey, what's with this extra game? As if it just showed up. What if we get hurt? Maybe we need some other people to take some of our playing time. Can't. You just can't have that. And I know this guy is who he is, meaning Juju, and he's just going to say whatever it is that he thinks brings him attention. And even if he actually does believe this, every once in a while, dude, just think about the team first. You know, this portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. They help people who've been hurt in car accidents, who need assistance with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG are super lawyers. That's an official designation, capital S, capital L, super lawyers for over 15 years. That's reserved for the top 5% of attorneys in our Commonwealth. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or call my man Larry Kelly at 888-842-5454. If you're going to complain, not just Juju, anybody, because this is going to come up, not just in Pittsburgh, across all 32 franchises, especially when there's any kind of run on injuries, and multiply that many times over if that happens late in the season. And when it does, I really hope that these players reflect for at least a millisecond on the fact that they ratified this thing. They voted in favor of it. The NFL Players Association operates with a lot of built-in shortcomings compared to other sports. Players know their careers have the shortest lifespans. More than half of everyone in an NFL locker room is convinced that the season that they're currently playing will be the last that they play in the league. Even if it's not accurate, even if it's not realistic, that's how they think. It's kind of how they're conditioned to think. 
So they don't get into long-term this or that thought processes as it relates to labor relations. That's how the NFL owners approach the Players Association, the union as a whole, and they offer these trinkets to the lower-level guys. Uh, Increase in salary, uh, fewer games or years needed to accrue tenure and health insurance and so forth. And then they throw in anything else they want because they know they can get ratification. That's what happened here. If you think there's a single player in the NFL who was in favor of a 17th game, never mind the 18 that Roger Goodell wanted, you're out of your mind. I mean, it, it, there's, there isn't one. There's not one player who says, man, we, we just let's get an extra game in or two. So if you're the NFL and you approach the players and you go, all right, what do we need to do to get a yes vote here? Okay, well, let's throw in a few extra bucks for the special teams, guys. You know, meaning raising the NFL minimum. And let's cut a week of preseason because everybody hates preseason. When in fact, ironically, the additional preseason game offers the lower level guys that much more of a chance to impress management. But I digress. And they get what they want. If Juju wanted to file publicly a meaningful complaint on this subject, he'd bring up some of this stuff. But then that would take <laughs> that would take uncommon awareness, not to mention uncommon courage, for anybody, not just for him. But what the Steelers need to take care of, and again, principally Tomlin, but also guys like. Hayward and Hayden, who've already piped up on this subject, is they need to purge this discussion immediately. Because the team that's thinking about this kind of stuff in mid-May, my goodness, imagine what they'll be discussing in mid-November if things aren't going well, and they're looking ahead at that schedule. At that schedule down the stretch with all those Ravens and Chiefs and everything else going on. That is a lose-lose proposition. When we come back, just one question. J.J. Gonzalez, who says, Hey, D.K., thanks for your daily shots. You mentioned on Thursday's show that the Steelers need to take off after the bye week if they want to have playoff aspirations with the toughest part of the schedule back there. This is a tricky year offensively, probably with Ben in his final year, a new offensive scheme and a three-down rookie at, rook, at, at running back. The Steelers should do whatever it is possible to establish a solid running game in order to have better chances. But at the same time, you want to keep your rookie running back as fresh as possible for December when that running game will be much needed. How do you think the Steelers will manage Najee Harris's workload? This is a really, really good question. And this 
swings us back to the 17-game discussion as well as the challenge of the quality of the opponents the Steelers will be facing in that stretch. But I'll throw in the weather, too. You know, when you get into the winter months, uh, you want to have options other than putting the ball up in the air. Now, I know the NFL has changed a lot in that regard, and teams aren't afraid to throw in a monsoon. But I also have seen this team, even in recent years, find ways to have success on the ground in December and use it to an advantage when the other team couldn't do the same. The managing of Najee Harris's workload, I really honestly believe will not be as much about play choice or play calling as it will about personnel. What you're going to see in Latrobe that's going to be in my estimation, the most visible, the most prominent roster camp battle will be at number two running back. And I don't want to say backup running back because if you're going to do this right, you're going to have to have not necessarily alternating series, but maybe two and one. A little like what we saw with Le'Veon Bell and D'Angelo Williams. That was the the most effective tandem that I saw the Steelers have over the last decade. D'Angelo doesn't get enough credit for how good he was in his short time here. But the other thing that D'Angelo offered was when he'd come onto the field, it was a different blocking scheme and a very much a different running style. D'Angelo was a slashing runner. He was diagonal. He would do the cutbacks. Le'Veon was, well, he, he was Lev. No one really has his running style in the NFL. So you gave defenses a totally different look, a different rhythm, different blocking patterns, and it was tough to counter. I don't know if you're going to be able to expect something like that from this offense in its first year with all these young and inexperienced offensive linemen. But I do know that you're going to have a second running back in the mix, and not parenthetically. Mike Tomlin does have a history of running the wheels off of his running backs. Okay, he just does. He he he's done it in the past, and he'll he'll do it again. And when he sees a guy that he trusts, he's not afraid, as we saw with Lev, to give him 30, 35 touches in a game in some form. But I'm with you on this. I, I think you got to be careful here, and you got to be smart. Because the other factor in this, and it's a big one, is that Najee himself has never played anywhere near 17 games in a single year, much less against the caliber and size and speed and strength of the athletes he'll face in the NFL for the first time. Very, very, very different world. Great, great subject to bring up. I'm glad you did, JJ. Thanks to everybody uh, for listening to this show, not just today, but all week long and on a regular basis. The Steelers open 
their rookie mini camp today on the south side and we'll have regular reporting on that on dk pittsburgh sports dale lawley our beat writer will be there in person we'll be putting all kinds of content up on the app and on the website and i'll be back monday with another one of these daily shot things downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.